We are heirs of God. Praise God. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne and let there be mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And Lord, we bless you and we thank you. We honor you. We praise you. Thank you for all that you do, for everything that you are and everything that you have promised to give us and are providing right now. We thank you for it all, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, it's good to belong to the Lord. Amen. It's good to have somebody that wants you. God wants us. Remember that. The world may reject you, but God wants you all the time. Amen. You are chosen by him. And that's a great thing. Amen. I love that. I like being chosen. Amen. So many times you got to push your way in on stuff, Bogart folk, and <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But it's nice to when you when you think about you're wanted, it just gives you a peace. It's ah, oh, here I am. I'm home where God wants me in His presence. Amen. And that's a great thing. You can and you can always have that experience in God. Amen. It, it's something that cannot be taken away from you. So praise God. So we've been talking about the fact that God wants us well. Amen. All of us. He wants us all well with no exception. So that means that anybody that lacks health or is struggling with their health, know that God wants what you want. You want to be well. He wants you well. So you're in agreement with him. At all times for that. Uh, throughout the Bible, we see where God has provided healing for his people over and over and over again. And uh, that's the wonderful thing about God is that he is a great provider. He knows exactly what we need and he has made provision for it already. So it's not like you got to talk him into healing you or you got to wait on anything. It's it's there provided uh, by your covenant with him. When you when you receive Christ, you receive salvation, which includes healing, which includes finances, which includes ability to get wealth, power to get wealth, make a living, uh all of those things and and to to have children you know, to have offspring. And so all of those things, God continue, wants life to continue and he provides for us. And so if anything goes wrong with any of those aspects of your life, he promises to fix it. Amen. He promises to correct and perfect whatever it is that concerns us so that we can live a carefree life uh, in him. That's what he wants for all of us. He wants us not to have worries, cares, fears, woes, any of the things that destroys your peace, we are delivered from those things. Amen. We are redeemed out of the power of them. So you can just refuse them and say no and and receive what God has for you. Receive your healing. Receive your prosperity. Amen. Receive your children. Receive your grandchildren. Receive them safe and sound. All of those things God has provided and will continue to provide to humanity. And so it's a wonderful thing when God comes in and establishes his truth and establishes his ways for people, uh, gets us established in righteousness so that our life works right. Amen. Righteousness means right working, right speaking, right thinking. Righteousness is right in every single way. Amen. And so when God provides his righteousness to us, that's the righteousness that works. Amen. Amen. 
Our righteousness, Paul says, you might as well count it as filthy rags. It's not going to get you anything in God's kingdom. So trying to do this and trying to be good and try to, you know, I, I go through this thing sometimes trying to confess the word enough. Enough for what? Amen. It's just kind of like, you know, the, the legalism takes over in your mind. Your carnal mind is always thinking about if something, if I don't have something, then it must be something wrong and I got to fix it. You ain't never fixed nothing in your life, even stuff we try to fix is halfway done amen even the stuff we know how to fix sometimes you don't have enough patience to do it right and you know i remember we had a sewing class in junior high and high school and i remember there was like two girls that took it seriously everybody else was ripping seams out over and over again turning the fabric the wrong way and you know, if you've got a seam straight, that was a a, a a a magical thing for you. You know, you treasured that forever. And uh I remember finally finishing my little blouse. They had the same little pattern for the blouse they'd had for 40 years, I guess. And I had, I wound up with no darts in it because I couldn't figure out how to put the darts in the blouse. So I had, I don't know, I guess you could call it a straight jacket. I don't know what it was after and it don't have no darts in it, barely any armholes, you know. But I passed sewing class. I was just glad to get out of there and keep it moving. So, but but it's it's like that. You know, there are things where it is within your skill level to do it, but but man, it takes effort. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing with obeying God without the, the power of the Holy Spirit. There's so much effort in that, it's kinda like, man. Give me something easier. Well, God did. He gave us faith. And faith, if we'll let faith work, faith will lead you to the works that you need to do to show God that you believe him. And this is all life is about. It's about pleasing God, pleasing him with our faith, pleasing him with our, our efforts and, and, and our obedience to his leading all of the things that he has lined up for believers to do, that's what we're supposed to be about in life. We're not supposed to be about chasing down uh, anything, you know, other than following hard after him, amen, and apprehending Christ and, and knowing who we are in Christ and understanding what we are to do uh, to receive the blessings that we uh really really desire everybody wants to be blessed amen everybody wants to be cared for and taken care of amen now we might say i don't mind working for stuff yes you do a little liar because if i could give it to you free of charge you take that in a new york minute amen you'd be crazy if you didn't so but god has given to us freely all things he requires though that we believe him and it's it's entering into that rest of believing that takes the effort for us, you know, reading your Bible, meditating on the word, finding other teachings that support what it is that you're pursuing in God. All of those things take effort to enter into that place of rest where you really, really believe God. Amen. And and you want to live by faith. That's your desire. You don't want to live by works anymore. You don't want to live like the world does anymore. You're, you're ready for a rest. You know what I'm saying? For some time out. Uh, I, I remember the, um, uh, 
one of my favorite movies, I must say, the great Mr. Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> and Mr. Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. And, and Tommy Lee Jones, at the end of it, he had chased this man so long and so hard, and he finally caught him and almost died a couple of times trying to catch him and all that. And, and so when he was putting him in the car, his uh, sidekicks were saying, well, boss, we're good. He said, you know, I just need a rest. I just want to rest. And sometimes I think that's where we need to get to it. We just need a rest. You know, all this running around and chasing this and chasing that. And, uh, you know, things can get to be a, a, the things that used to be started out as a convenience now are kind of a nuisance. You know, like the automobile, it's, it was a great convenience for us, but now, Everybody wants to jump in there and you wind up chauffeuring people. If you're any kind of parent, you're going to chauffeur your kids at least to four or five different places all day long. And, and it's now getting to be kind of a nuisance because you have the ability to do so many things and there are so many things to do. And so it, it's a good thing to really understand God's concept of rest and faith and giving us that place in Him where we don't have to run here and there to, to in, in accomplishing and, and, you know, not sitting still and, oh, we got to get this done and got to get that done and get involved in this and get involved in that. It's just good to just chill. Just say, God, whatever you want me to do today, that's top on my agenda. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what I'm going to get involved in. That's what I'm going to get engaged in. It, it will pay you great rewards. It'll pay you great dividends and great benefits when we learned how to enter into that place of believing God and enter into his rest. And so um, it's just always a good thing to stay connected to God in a living way through his word, through thinking about the things that God has put in your life to bless you, honoring him, thanking him for him. Uh, and, and even where you got difficulties and situations, thank him for that situation, period. Lord, I thank you that even though I've got some challenges here, I'm on my way to getting that perfected because you're working in that situation with me. And so to me, that's the life of faith. You know, it's always putting something before God, always having something on the front burner with him. You know, there's a lot of things on the back burners in our lives, but there are things that, that can go on the front burner too. And so I'm just always thankful that God has, has those things for us. So we talked yesterday about how to receive from God and, and we talked about certain laws that we have to obey in order to receive our healing. So we're going to talk specifically about healing, but of course, you know, these laws apply to anything that we need from the Lord and how to receive. So we talked about hearing the word that the Proverbs 420 to 23 tells us to pay attention to the word of God, incline our ear to his sayings. Don't let them depart. In other words, don't just hear a scripture and get excited, but hear it and take it with you. What does that mean? Keep thinking about it. That's what meditation is. You just keep thinking about it. Keep asking God, God, what, what, what is there about this scripture that's got my attention right now? What can you show me in it that's important for me to know right now? Amen. And it, it'll open up a wealth of understanding to you. It'll open up, uh, the, the, um, 
the mind of God, the will of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, everything about God will open up to you through meditating on your word, on the word. It's like, to me, you know, the difference is, um, uh, like, uh, um, just listening to the word and meditating on the word. You know, um, I had, I bought some pistachios and I hid them for myself. It's a common affliction of those who are challenged by food. Amen. But, uh, I found them yesterday. And I thought, ooh, and the bag was full. I said, how did he stay here full like this? It has been in this house with me and I ate none of them. And so, <laughs> and so as I looked at him and gazed at him, I thought, ooh, how wealthy am I? Oh, it's so wonderful. But then I cracked into him. There was the real joy, you see. The difference between hearing a scripture and meditating on it. Just looking at that bag of pistachios unopened and then cracking into them and eating a whole bag. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> but you see the difference. You're able to taste and savor. I mean, it's one thing to look and, and I got them. But the other thing is to break into it. And I think that's the difference between just hearing the word. You know, just, and it blesses you when you hear it because it's your father talking to you, your brother Jesus talking to you, Holy Spirit talking to you and making it echo on the inside of you. And, and then there's meditating on the word and finding out what's in it and what's there and what, what God uh, opens up to us in that word. And, and I think that's something we can all do. I mean, it's not limited to people who are, you know, a teaching gift or whatever gift. You you have the gift of God on the inside of you. You get the Holy Spirit. And he can show you so many different things that are really, really important to know. If he just gives you one good cornerstone revelation, that will probably take you for a long time. And just just feast on that, you know, uh, let that envelop you and let that become a part of you. And, and it'll bless you for many, many days. And so so the law of law of hearing the word must be obeyed. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It's good to continue to repeat the word of God to yourself on the inside of yourself. Now, that's how the woman with the issue of blood got healed. Amen. The Bible says she said these things within herself. Amen. So she wasn't running around trying to impress the saints with her confession and saying how blessed and highly favored she was, you know, and good morning, queen this and queen that and, you know, all this kind of stuff. She just said it within herself. Amen. You are the one person you need to impress with God's word. Amen. You need to impress yourself first. Amen. And so if you (laughs) seriously, it's like, I mean, it's for us. You know, before you know it, we didn't got a post on Facebook running off telling everybody, this is for somebody. No, no, no. It's for you. So go put, go back in your little closet, meditate on your word and get you something, you know, that's real other than just the superficial all the time. Amen. And so it, that word is to impress you with the goodness of God. 
and impress you with how loving God is and how, how, how much he cares for us. And he's thought about everything that we need before we even know we need it. He's provided for it already. Amen. And so how, how awesome uh, to serve somebody like that who anticipates your every need and provides for it. I mean, seriously. Now, all the married people ought to be shouting. Mm. See, they didn't get it. Now, see, now y'all going to have to make y'all and made me back the truck up and Poppy ain't even here to help me out. So I'm on my own. What can I do? Huh? But when you're married, you know how to anticipate what, what your husband or wife needs. Huh? And a husband with a, a smart mind will go hide himself when he knows what you need for it. You know, they run and hide from you. But God is the only one who anticipates your every need and provides for it. Amen. <laughs> oh, boy. So, anyway, keep running. I don't care. <laughs> Send the Holy Ghost after you. Amen. But it is true. We all know what each other needs. You know, sometimes you walk into a room and you feel moved. You ever felt moved to reach out and hug somebody? And and you shrink back because you're not sure what they're going to. Just go hug that person. Get it over with, okay? But we do that to ourselves. We kind of mess up the spontaneity of God. You know, we're afraid of rejection, afraid of what, what are they going to think? <laughs> well, they must have thought I needed a hug. I really want to give a hug because I'm just a giver. I don't need it. Just, just get it over with. You know what I'm saying? And, and so many times we, we wrestle with things that don't even need to be wrestled with, you know, just, just the way the human mind is and the human, you know, ego is. And, and so we, we need to learn how really to appreciate the fact that God anticipates our needs and provides in abundance. He'll give you so much you have stuff to give somebody else. Amen. And so this is, this is the way God does things. I know we're not used to it. We're used to people shrinking back from us when we have a need. Amen. And, and so if, if we can understand that this is the way God wants us to live before Him, it's like, what, what do you need? What do you need? Come on, ask me for it. He said, I got it to you. I got it right here. Amen. I got it right here. Amen. And He's not joking with us. He really, really means it. And so this is, this is, this is, this is how your faith becomes strong in God. It gets settled in God. It's like, I don't need to look anyplace else. I don't need to go anyplace else. I've found the one. Amen. I've found the one that my soul longs for. Amen. We long for somebody who's going to really, really love us. That's why we spend so much time running here, there, and everywhere. Amen. Trying to love ourselves, trying to, you know, find somebody that works for us or, you know, whatever relationship that works for us. But it's very important to settle in on the fact that God loves you unconditionally forever, loved you before you were even born. Amen. Loved you in spite of all of the other stuff that came in between. He loves, 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 loves us and will do anything for us. In fact, he's already done it. 
has already completed every sacrifice that was needed to secure our love and secure our lives. So, so we serve a God who, who doesn't hold anything back. No good thing. Amen. He never withholds anything good from, from us. And so it's a good thing to appreciate that. So not only do we have faith in God, we have faith in his character. We have faith in his motive. His motive is always love. His motive is always to do what's best for us. So in addition to hearing and meditating on the word, we need to then understand how to release the word in faith so that it can come back to us and bless our lives. And so yesterday we were in the book of Romans and we talked about the Roman road to salvation, deliverance, wholeness, healing, whatever it is that we need, it is outlined in in that book. And I think it's the 10th chapter we went over into first about how to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the things related to God. And it says here in Romans 10, 8, what's, what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved and healed and prosperous and delivered and whole. And with peace in your heart, all of the things that you need come through confessing what the Lord says belongs to you. So all we have to do really is come into agreement with what God has already done and already provided for us and hold on to it. The key to faith is holding on to what you believe in spite of circumstances. Because the enemy will always come to you with circumstances to defy your stand of faith and try to move you off of it so that you lose ground and, and you don't uh, stay stable in God. James tells us that a man that wavers won't ever get anything from God. So how do we keep from wavering? You have to continue to meditate on the word and confess it to yourself so that it continues to minister strength to you. It continues to stabilize you. It continues to make you firm in your resolve that God has done this and it belongs to me. That's really what you're saying when you, what we call stand on the word. And so with your, with your heart is where you believe and where righteousness resides. Whenever you choose God's word over anything else, that's a righteous position that you have taken. You have taken a position in righteousness, which means God's word is true and whatever else I'm looking at is not true. Amen? It's not true. It may be a fact for right now, but if it's from the world, it's subject to change. See, it's the word that doesn't change. And so God is looking for people who will take a bold and confident stand on the word and not waver no matter what happens in their midst, in the natural, and around them. You know, I've heard people give testimonies about how God healed them, and and many of them had to suffer through uh, symptoms getting worse before they got better. And so, you know, you'll take a stand on the word, and you think, oh, it's all uphill from here. 
And then all of a sudden it starts looking worse than it ever has. Amen. And, and they've had to stand and continue to stand. But what causes them to be able to stand and not waver? It's the righteousness in their hearts. See, it's the truth that's already inside you. At the end of the day, that truth will not move. You got me? It will not move. And whatever it is that you are, you are believing inside of you that is stable, that's there, that, that's anchoring you. That's where God's word resides. And that's where the truth is. Thoughts in your head come and go. You can look at something or look at a symptom and have a pretty rough day and say, oh boy, is this ever going to get better? God, when is my time coming? Am I ever going to? You understand what I'm saying? But within your heart where righteousness resides, there is the truth of God's word. There's that little voice that rings inside of you. You're healed anyway. You are still healed. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. You are still healed. And sometimes it's, it's a tough go for some people to, to stay in that place of, of confidence in God, believing God. But I'm telling you, if you will settle in and say, God, I still believe I'm healed. I still believe you told me this is true that, you know, all of that stuff. I remember when, when I was, uh, we were in a church, very young Christians and, and, uh, we prayed with the pastor's wife and, and, uh, things weren't looking good as far as, uh, they were seeking a permanent church building. And, uh, and she said, she was confessing to us. She said, she said, you know, sometimes I think to myself, are we doing the right thing? And are we doing this and doing that? And, and so the Lord had me speak to her and I said, you know, I said, I remember you telling me many testimonies about how you guys began to to minister to street people and all that and how God was with you. I said, well, if he was with you at the beginning, I believe he's still with you, you know, and even though it's tough right now. And in like today, I drive by a building that God finally gave them. It's a huge building. Amen. Lots of land around it and everything. But see, those things don't happen if you waver. They don't happen. And so you've got to have an anchor somewhere on the inside of you that tells you, now, God, your word says, your word says that by your stripes I am healed. Your word says you went to Calvary already for me. I was healed before I was born. I was healed before I was even conceived of. I'm already healed. Amen. And so God begins restoring those things to us that the enemy is stealing. He's stealing. How does he steal? Through lies, through his words, through manufacturing symptoms, trying to make it seem worse than what it really is. Amen. Make it look as, as ugly and mean and grotesque as he can. And then that frightens us and we think, boy, this will never, oh boy, it's going back the other way now and all of this and, 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 but if you'll, you'll yet praise him, you know, and, and let go of a hallelujah from a place you never knew you had on the inside of you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And release that and break that cycle in your thinking, you know, you, you can have a, a better day. Amen. And, and just say, well, hey, this day was kind of shot because I was wrestling with symptoms instead of just resting in the word. But you know what? Tomorrow's a new mercy. I'm not letting this happen again. Amen. Devil, I know what you're, what you're doing now. I'm hip to you now. You're not going to get my attention like that. 
See, that's why God says in Proverbs 4, attend to my word. Give me attention. Don't give symptoms attention. Don't give the, well, does that mean I'm in denial? Yeah, you are. You're denying the devil the right to put it on you and steal your health from you. Like that's some sin. Am I in denial? I don't even know what that means. That's not even a kingdom word. So don't bring that up in here. (laughs) I know God didn't tell you to ask that question. (laughs) Amen. No, denial is something for drug addicts and alcoholics. That ain't us. We're redeemed. Okay. So we don't bring terms like that in the kingdom conversation. Got it? Nothing but the devil lying again. He's got to use his own language to mess us up. <laughs> yeah, all day long I'm in denying. Devil, I deny you this. I deny you access to my finite. I deny you access denied. Yes, I'm in denial. And you don't get nothing here. Amen. And And start declaring God's truth. Start speaking his truth. Start grabbing on to the truth instead of what you see. And if you grab that and hold on to it, it will come to pass. Amen. That's all Mark eleven twenty three tells us. That if we don't, if we believe and doubt and doubt not what we say will come to pass. Amen. So the first level of showing God your faith is through your words. We just went over that. You must confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. Now, if you don't believe what God says, you get in your word until you do believe it. Because many times people have tried to confess the word when they don't hide it in their hearts. You got me? I'm healed. I'm Oh, yeah, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And they really don't believe it. Amen. Don't mess with yourself like that. You know, spend your time meditating in the word. Spend your time believing God's word. If you have a challenge with it, let God know you need help. God, is this seems a little hard for me to do. I mean, help me with this. Because Jesus is obligated to help us with everything that we need. He is our advocate. He goes to bat for us and he's always there for us in our corner. So he, he's obligated to help us. I don't care what it is. Amen. So this isn't like some kind of test where God's sitting up there watching to see what you do and I'm going to give you a red F for today. He ain't doing that. That's not what he's about. He wants to bring you the blessing. So he's on your side. He's doing everything he can to get your faith right because you have to get what you get from God legally. You can't get it without faith. You've got to please God with your faith. Amen. You believe in something. You're pleasing somebody. So God wants you to use that to please him. So and then in Romans uh, 4, we talked about our identity really. We have to come to God, number one, believing that he is and he's a rewarder. Amen. God will reward you. And and you've got to believe that this is not in vain. This is you're getting somewhere when you deal when you uh, live like this. And then so faith comes by hearing. So you build your faith up in the word. 
You meditate on the word to make it real to you. It becomes a part of you through meditation. Then you have to do the work of faith. Put your faith to work. Amen. There are a lot of different ways that happens, but the primary way, the way it starts, is through our confession. It can be through prayer, petitioning God. If you're not certain what he wants you to do or how he wants to work this out, you seek him, and but also seek him in his word, in, in the word of God. Uh, you can't just be obeying voices all the time. You understand what I'm saying? So when you come to God, go to the word first and find out what he says about things and allow that faith to start to brew on the inside of you and get inside your heart. Then when you go to the throne, you're seeking God and you're affirming what he's already said belongs to you. Father, I thank you that you've, you've given me all of these things. And so I'm, I think I'm ready to go ahead and, and make this purchase or I'm ready to go ahead. I want to go to school and, and, and just show me the right path. If that's for me, when is it for me? Put me on the schedule for when I'm supposed to do these things. And it becomes a, a place of, uh, reasoning together with the Lord instead of going doubtful and wondering if he really wants to pay your bills. Do you understand what I'm saying? If he really wants to do the things that, that you need to have done, it's, it's much better to go to him in faith. And that faith comes by hearing the word and meditating and listening over and over again. So that when you get symptoms in your body, the first thing that comes to you is, Father, I thank you that I am healed by Jesus' stripes. He bore stripes to pay for this. And so, devil, I don't receive your symptoms. These are just symptoms. I don't, I'm, you can't even diagnose me. You got me? You know, in, in, in people, church people get hung up on this kind of stuff. What do you mean? Are you teaching people denial? Yeah, I am. Denied the devil a chance to put this on you. Because if God says he doesn't put diseases on us, that means when they tell you got cancer, you say, no, I don't. I don't get disease. You hear me? Because once you embrace it, it's yours. See, I'd rather fight it on the level of I'm redeemed already and it doesn't belong to me. They say, well, how come you got them tumors? I said, them lying symptoms. They're just lying to me. God's going to remove them. In fact, he's removing them right now. Amen. They're leaving as we speak. And start putting this stuff on the run with the word. That's what the word of God's for, to put things on the run. You don't have to receive this stuff and then fight it. What's It's like. Gee, there's a lion roaming the neighborhood. Ooh, he's at my front door. Well, let me open and let him in so I can really fight him. You rather fight him when he's at the front door and you on one side and he on the other, or you want to let him in and then fight him? Sick of religion. I'm so sick of religious stupidity, I don't know what to do. Well, you need to at least hear what the doctors say. I heard already. They're agreeing with the world. My kingdom is not of this world. Hello? 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 
I don't belong to this down here. I don't have an inheritance in anything down here. My inheritance is in glory. And in glory, there's health and healing and wholeness and new organs and new body parts and new everything that I need. So I'm calling for that. I'm leaving this down here, if you don't mind. Huh? People will try to project their weakness onto you. See, when you have a position in God, that's strength the world has no knowledge of. That's why they always try to fight it because they're confused at how you could say that. You mean you're not scared of God? No. And his brother either. You got me? You respect that kind of stuff. Got to bow down to something. I don't think so. God's already taken care of that, folks. So you can return it right where it came from. You don't have to receive it. Position is everything. Amen. It's everything. Romans 4. It talks about Abraham and the faith that he got from God. When he put his faith in God, he started to use God's faith. And that's the same thing that we do. And it says in verse 13, it says for the promise that he, Abraham, would be heir of the world. Now, how's that for something to blow your mind? God tells him, he said, you're going to inherit this whole world. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Well, then I'm thinking Abraham probably thought about this for a minute. Because it said he didn't stagger through unbelief. See, when you go through the mind-blowing wow-woo-woo, you're staggering in unbelief. But if you think about it, who was Abraham's father? Adam. What did God give Adam? The whole world. So when you put it in perspective like that, it's like, oh, I expect that. I got that coming. That's my inheritance. That's what rightfully belongs to me. The devil took the world away from us, and now God's given it back. We're heirs of the whole world. Us, Christians, we're the final heirs of this entire world. That's why God says you can go preach to anybody and call them family, include them in my family. You're just taking the harvest of the whole world. Amen. We talk about the world. We talk more about people than things. These things are perishing every day. They're being used up faster than we know. But when he talks about, and then he talks to Abraham about his descendants, they're going to be more numerous than the, the sand, the, the grains of sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. That's the whole world. Everywhere he looked up in the sky, them was his offspring. So he's heir of the whole world because it's now been given back to God's people through Abraham and through Jesus Christ. And so he says that that when he told that he would be heir of the world, it was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So anybody who believes. Anybody who serves God through faith and doesn't stagger 
that you can go out of here and and make disciples of people that you never even met before. You can claim them for your father, God. Those are your potential brothers and sisters everywhere. Amen. And he says, for but through the righteousness of faith, for if they which are of the law are heirs, and the faith is made void, and the promises of none effect. But the law works wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, so that it could come to everybody for sure. See, when it's the law, you're never going to obey that. You can do that, right? You even know what the law is, most people. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and you can't do it in the flesh. You got to do it through faith in God, through Jesus Christ. And he says here, he says that it would be sure to all the seed, not only to that which is of the law, but those which also are faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So we are heirs of everything that Abraham was given, which is the whole world. It says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before whom he believed even God who quickens or brings to life the dead and calls those things that be not as though they are. And that's what you do. When you refuse sickness, even though you got symptoms, even though they put a diagnosis on you, you walk away from it and say, no, that doesn't belong to me. Amen. I don't receive it. I receive the health and healing of God. And so your position makes all the difference in the world. When Abraham received that he was already a father of many nations, that's when it happened. It didn't happen when he was just hoping it was true. When he was hoping it was true, what did he get? He got Ishmael. See, Ishmael is hope, not faith. Because he hoped he had a son, and he went about in hope alone to get a son. He didn't get it through faith. If he, whenever, if he were to have gotten it through faith, Sarah would have been Ishmael's mother. Your faith works where God says it's supposed to work. What have I got in this bottle? Oh, well, water. (laughs) Now, y'all got to stay with me here. You got me? Abraham begged for Ishmael (laughs) to work. (laughs) You ever do something you know is wrong and you work so hard at it you want to make it work anyway? Yeah, that's him. So, and God said, no, even if it means we start all over again. Hmm? God, you don't know how old I am. Yeah, yeah, I do. I've been counting the years. I'll tell you how old you are. Yeah, old. <laughs> when God calls you old, you're old. Amen. So, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> but your position is, is everything. Where you position yourself when you're believing God for something is everything. It's the difference between opening the door and letting the tiger in the house and fighting him inside your house or leave that door shut and declare that you are safe, sound, hold. You got me? 
That's the difference between saying, oh, I'm sick, God, and, and I want you to heal me. No, you're already healed. And quit saying you're sick. Quit receiving it with your confession. Make up your mind what you are. You're either healed or you're not. And once you make up your mind you are, don't let the devil in hell put anything on you, threaten you, ridicule you. Just because they got MD behind their name, don't make them God. You understand me? They're looking for God to help them out every day if they got good sense. And you come in there with God. You don't have to argue with a doctor and tell them that I don't receive that. You just don't receive it in your heart. You understand what I'm saying? And let me give you a little bit of an aside. Before you go pimping up in some doctor's office, make sure you pray and ask God if you're supposed to go there. Amen. Because some of these things we can work out just, you know, some people, you know, some people are, they go to the emergency, the urgent care if they got a hangnail. You know, I mean, you got a pair of clippers. You understand what I'm saying? And you don't even need an alcohol wipe no more. You soap and water is better than that. You understand what I'm saying? And and so some people panic and run off at the, thank you, Nikki. Nurse Nurse Nikki say, Y'all stay out of her urgent care. I you come rushing up in there. That's right. Make the saints feel bad if they show up in there. <laughs> but you know how it is. You you go and you you worried about it instead of why are you worrying? Why don't you just minister some word to yourself? Get in your word before you go rushing off somewhere. And let the doctor, you know, tell you what he sees in the natural, but you take it to the throne room. If you have established that you are the healed of the Lord before you go in there, you got to be the healed of the Lord when you come out. You can't let what goes on inside of that place change your position. You want to let the tiger in the front door and fight him, let him tear up your house, and you got to fight to get him out of there, you're going to leave him outside. Well, you know, sometimes you just know. No, no, and no. Jesus already took, God made him sick so I couldn't be sick. We both being sick at the same time. And that sick body of his was nailed to the tree and he took it away from us forever. He doesn't change his mind about what has written in his blood. The blood makes it permanent, forever, settled, not wavering, not changeable. He can't change his mind already and all of a sudden decide you can be sick. That's not God. So what do you call yourself? It's very important. Your position is what you call yourself. Amen. You're saved. You're delivered. The devil has no power over you. Amen. Make him take stuff away. Start unpacking. Amen. Get rid of the, the, you know, uh, uh, what are the people? WebMD and 
I got to search the internet. I got to do my research. No, you don't. Your research is right here. This is your research right here. You know enough about the worldly stuff already. You need to find out about something you're not so fresh on. Amen. It is true. That's why most people walk away from an opportunity to get supernatural help. Because we're not as familiar with the word as we are with the things of the world. Nobody is. And when them symptoms start attacking you and you start getting one evil report after another after another, you understand what I'm saying? You got to get even more so in the word because the word will work no matter what the symptoms say, no matter what the diagnosis, prognosis, whatever. Amen. God says we have long life. He will satisfy us with long life, as long as you want. You know, I was praying for my little dog. She started coughing and, you know, I, I, uh, great woman of paste and flour. <laughs> I called, <laughs> I shouldn't admit this, but I did. Cause I, she never even had a symptom of sickness before. And, and I called, uh, Tony and Tip and Rachel, I said, you better call me because I take <laughs> Okay, I confess. Emotional. And so I said, oh God, if this is her last days, I want them to be able to know and say goodbye to her. Isn't that terrible? All this faith and power, right? Yeah, it goes out the window when you got live symptoms. But I decided I was going to hold on to God. And in between sobbing and carrying on, I said, God, I need a miracle. Give her a miracle. You've got miracles. I believe you have a miracle for us. And I spoke Psalm 91. She's supposed to get long life with me. She's in the house with me. We all have long life in here. Thank you, Lord, for her long life. Come over here. Take me. You understand what I'm saying? This is how it goes. It's up to you. This is how you wrestle. This is wrestling. But wrestling means you fight back. You don't cave in. And even if your fight is kind of puny, you use it anyway. You fight back with what you have. Amen? And so, you know, they met me over at the vet. She was already in there. And, I, you know, I left her in there with the vet. And I told Tony, I said, why don't you go in there? You go in and get the report. I'll stand in faith out here. But you So when he came out, he said, well, let's go get cocoa. I said, really? I got a miracle. You mean God gave me a miracle? Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is life, folks. This is how we live. But in the end, your faith will prevail. Your flesh is nothing compared to your faith. And she's been well ever since. We got a little pill to take care, take here and there. You know what I'm saying? But she's well. She's symptom free. And God is going to satisfy her with long life. He's in the process of satisfying her and me. So it's not either of our time yet. See what I'm saying? But see, the enemy will, will snare you like that. He'll get you every single time, but you don't have to stay in the snare because Jesus has provided the way out for you. For you, for me, for everybody, if we'll hold on. Now, that didn't seem like a, a great faith person. 
I know it didn't to you because it didn't to me either. You understand what I'm saying? I, I walked by the mirror. I said, who is this person? <laughs> All this drama. Who am I? God? Wait a minute. I'm a child of God. Slap your Holy Ghost slap upside your head. You know, shake it off. Yes. I believe you, God. Your word is true. These symptoms just came. The word is still true. It's still true. It's still true. It's still true. Amen. So it's still true. But, but you have to, this is what holding on to your, this is what not giving in really looks like. I mean, in my house, <laughs> I don't know about yours. Maybe you're a little more dignified when the devil's whopping you upside your head and making you silly, but you know. Can we cue Miss Patsy Klein right now? I go to pieces. (laughs) Okay, but then I come back. Paste and flour. Amen. So faith and power, you let it win out, it will win out every single time. But you wrestle. Amen. You wrestle. If there's nothing there, praise God. Walk in peace. Thank God for it. But if it comes upon you and attacks you, then you wrestle it back down again. Amen. Under your feet where he belongs. Amen. So praise God. So, so here Abraham with, with, with God, with Abraham, God positioned him differently. Position was Abraham's problem was as long as he was positioned in the place of of believing God would do it, he made mistakes. But once he was positioned in God did it already, he got the promise. Amen? You see the difference? You have to position yourself by calling yourself healed when the symptoms te- are screaming at you that you're sick. You have to call yourself prosperous when you only got one room to live in in or you're living in your car. Many people live like that. You, they got to call themselves prosperous. They can't give in to I'll never have it because that's where the devil buries you. He wants you to believe you'll never have. No, I got it already. Devil, you're too late. I got it already. The blood of Jesus is speaking to me and telling me it's mine right now. I'm not waiting on God to give me anything. I have it now. And so in verse 17, God calls those things that be not as though they are. He quickened or made alive Abraham's dead body and Sarah's dead body by calling them who he saw them as before they were that way in the natural. See, God doesn't have to look at your natural situation to convince him of anything about you. He's already convinced that you're his His offspring, that you're heir, a joint heir with Jesus Christ of everything that pertains to life and, and godliness. There's nothing he won't give you. Even if you can't imagine it, he'll give it to you anyway. Do you understand? Because he looks at things from his perspective and not, he care less about what's going on in this world except to remove it and bring something of the kingdom in here in its place. That's where he's interested in it. And so he calls those things that be not as though they are. Amen. 
You know, I can remember the day I changed my confession about Roe versus Wade. I thank you, God. That thing is dead in Jesus' name. You understand what I'm saying? It just dawned on me. Call it that even though it's not yet, call it as though it is. And, and in the process, there were many states doing the same thing. They were, they were saying the minute this is repealed, this is what we do. We're not giving abortions here anymore. You understand what I'm saying? We're not doing that in this state anymore. And so they began to call those things that be not as though they are. Amen. And today there's at least 20, what, 20, 21 states that that ban was triggered when Roe v. Wade came down. And it's established forever for them. Amen. So now they can start to get righteousness in there. You want to see your your economy reverse? You start living right for God in your state and making sure you don't put up with any nonsense with the devil. You're not flirting with the devil. Amen. And so when you understand what's going on here, folks, when we you want to be a prophetic person, you start calling yourself healed before you're healed. And quitting telling people they got a new house and a new car coming. You understand what I'm saying? And just an aside, I just believe if God's going to give me something, it comes paid for. Yeah, you got it, huh? God don't come with a note. Now, and nothing wrong with a note. If you got a note, pay your note. You understand what I'm saying? But when you're going to prophesy to me, God's going to give me something. I've already talked to him about how it's going to come. No note. That's the world's way. And there's nothing wrong with taking that way to get you something for what you need. You need a car, go get one. But I'm stretching my faith. You understand what I'm saying? And I got a right to stretch my faith. I don't care what y'all think. <laughs> Do you understand me? Your faith is between you and God. You work that faith because, because you don't know what's coming down the road where you're going to need that faith stretched to that limit. And able to do what you needed to do. So you keep working your faith with God. And work that word. And let that word work for you. And let it work on you. So your position is everything. Your identity is everything. Who are you? I'm a child of God. I'm sin free. I'm curse free. I'm redeemed. That's who you are. Then walk like that. Talk like that. Act like that. Expect like that. Amen. Expect God to do miraculous, supernatural things for you, to you, and through you. Amen. And it says here, God told him, I have made you already a father of many nations because I have the power to make alive dead things and call things that are not as though they are. So once this thing flipped and Abraham started seeing himself as already possessing those things, already possessing so many children, he knew the father of many nations. When he saw himself that way and he saw himself that way, according to God's word, then he had also to see Sarah as the mother of those. 
And so this was the problem for them in the beginning. Abraham knew he had the ability to father, but but Sarah had been barren all her life. And so they felt like they had to use their faith in the natural and work it out. And that's how Ishmael was born. Amen. Ishmael is born out of not really meditating enough to let God establish something in your heart. Because God could have straightened Abraham out years ago. But he didn't take the time to stop and and check with God and get the instruction of God to position himself in the right way. What he did was he went and talked to his wife about it. And between the two of them, they cooked up an idea to help God out. God doesn't need any help. What he needs is when you got a problem with something, you come to him and he can fill in the missing pieces. He can tell you where to go to get the right deal. He can tell you where to go to get something that, that you need desperately. Amen. He can tell you where to go. And so if you will walk with him and include, that's why God told Abraham one day, he said, come on here, Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. Be a mature man now. Come to me with everything. I've shared with you a lot of things that I'm planning to do. you got to reciprocate with me. You understand what I'm saying? We we have to have that that communication with God where we share everything, where we expect him to give us, to help us when we need help. It's not about us having weak faith or low faith or whatever kind of faith and and God says, oh, your faith is inadequate, go away. It's about confessing that to him and he bring your faith up to speed if it needs help. Do you understand me? And so, and this is what we miss a lot of times as a body of Christ. We don't really trust him to help us if it's not right. We just think, well, my faith isn't, it's not working and something must be wrong and talk to him about it. Amen? Instead of projecting blame on yourself get free of that and let him help you get your faith straightened out everybody that came to jesus asking for something he had to help their faith that's not new for him amen uh, turn with me to luke chapter five let me see if that's a a good one Luke chapter 5. Let's see who we got. Yeah. In 5 verse 12, it says, And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you will, You can make me clean. So, and Jesus put forth his hand and says, I will be clean. Now, this man's issue was he knew Jesus had the ability. He knew he could because he said that. That was his confession. But knowing God is able didn't help him because he didn't know if he was willing. Amen. And so Jesus had to clear up that glitch in his faith. See, as long as you have gaps in your believing, 
your faith is not going to bring in what you need it to bring in. It's not going to produce the health. It's not going to produce the anything. So this man, instead of standing back and, and watching stuff happen, which is what we do sometimes. Oh, you know that Jesus, he's working a lot of miracles, but I don't know if he's going to do it for me. See, he probably stood back a lot saying that to himself. But then what happened? Something happened on the inside of him where his faith took over and pushed him out there to ask. You got me? Everybody's faith has the ability to do that. Instead of you operating in the shadows and operating in fear and operating in maybe he will and maybe he won't, let your faith push you up to the throne and ask God, God, I'm, I'm kind of torn up here. I know what your word says about, but nothing's happening here. Amen. Show me what my problem is, what my glitch is, and also help that glitch. Amen. It does nothing to know that there's something missing in your confession or your believing if God is not going to supply that to you. Now he ain't mean like that. Amen. He's he's a, a merciful God. And this shows it. And Jesus put forth his hand and says, I'm willing, be clean. And immediately his leprosy departed from him. So it's Jesus's job as the author and completer of our faith to if there's a problem with our faith, he has to come in and fix it for us. He wants to fix it for us so that we can have the things that we desire from him. And, and we can have the things that we need. Amen. Um, let me see what. In Matthew chapter, I think this is 15. Let me see if it is. Matthew, I'm looking for the Syrophoenician woman. Matthew chapter. Is it 15 or is it 5? 15, okay, thank you. And he says here in verse 21, And Jesus went forward and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered to her, and he answered to them, and said, I am not sent but to to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, when he refused to answer her, it was mainly because her faith did not register enough to get a response from him because everybody who came to him in faith came into him believing and he worked with them from that point on. But to this woman, he gives her a denial and says, I'm only sent to these other people, not to you. Amen. Now, if Jesus is helping our faith, what kind of answer is this to say he's not sent to us? Amen. And so you've got to understand that there is something else working here that is hindering her faith that this kind of response is the only kind of response that's going to get her moved 
from unbelieving to releasing her faith. Jesus' job is to get us to release our faith in him and trust him to do the healing. Amen. So whenever he gives us something to do, whenever he tells us something to do, whenever our faith is lacking in anything and he gives us a response, it is to release our faith and not to deny us the promise. Amen. Even though it looks like that. So it looks like he's denying her the promise because that's what his disciples understand he's doing. Oh, yeah, let's send her away. She ain't getting nothing. Amen. Because there was this controversy between the Jews and the Canaanites and the Jews and, and Gentiles about who Jesus belonged to, you know, and, and he was the Messiah of the whole world. But the Jews thought he belonged to them only and not to anybody else. But how do you reconcile the fact that he's healing all these other people if he only belongs to the Jew? So this lady must have seen a little opening in there where she could get in there and get her daughter healed or she wouldn't be up there talking to her. But her faith is still hindered. Amen. Her faith is not fully released yet. And this is what happens with us. We're the same way. When we first go to God, we go to him with the faith that we have. And and then that faith has to be put to the test because if it isn't put to the test, it's not the God kind of faith. Because God's faith is forever settled. It can't be moved and it can't waver. And that's the kind of faith he wants us to exhibit to him, the kind that doesn't waver and doesn't move. And so that's what he's looking for. That's, are you still going to believe me even if I tell you I'm not going to do it for you? Are you still going to believe me even if I tell you it's not for your peeps, it's for mine only? You understand? what? Are you still going to believe me? Amen. If you believe God, you're going to believe him come hell, high water, fire, storm, flood, whatever. You're still going to stand on his word. And that's what he's looking for. Oh, God, that seems so hard. You better hang on because it could get harder. Amen. So so we have to be willing to stay put, stay in faith, stay with our confession, stay with our believing, no matter how our feelings change, no matter who changes around us, no matter who dumps us, who for, forsakes us. Who cusses us out, who throws us out, whatever it is, we gotta stand, stand believing God. Amen? Cause the devil will throw all that stuff at you to get you to let go. He don't care if he hurts your feelings. In fact, he liked that kind of stuff. He a little sick that way. So this woman is told a flat no. I'm not sent to you. I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. What do you think he's doing here, folks? Well, Miss, Miss Patricia, you get a star for today. Just like he provokes all of us. How does he provoke you and me? 
time. He knows which children are the clock watchers. Which which one of his children want the, the answer quick? Even though it's raggedy, even though your faith is raggedy, you just want it anyway. Get it over with. Huh? If you get it over with, what are you going to do with your faith? He had never thought about that. Well, Jesus thought about it. He said, I didn't invest all this in you for you to run around and, and get back in the world again. Huh? Just a thought. He's trying to get at the seed of her unbelief because he knows she's got some in her. She got some doubt working in there. So she's trying all kind of different methods to get Jesus to say yes. Head games. Faking him out. Amen. I'll pretend to be a worshiper. Maybe that'll turn him on. I'll pretend, oh, uh, uh, son of David, have mercy on me. That sounded real Hebrew, didn't it? It did. But Jesus wasn't fooled by that. Amen. Just like he ain't fooled by our raggedy confession. He knows if it's heartfelt and if it's full of faith and if it's full of fake. Amen. So get it full of faith. So he gets her cornered. And he calls her a dog. Man, he shouldn't have said that. That sister came out. Ow! You don't call my baby a dog. Huh? That's what moms do. He's denying her child something. Uh Uh-huh. And he said to her, Ooh, great is your faith. Because she refused to take no for an answer. That's what God's looking out of all of us. The doctor's report says no. Your symptoms say no. Everything in the natural says no. Time is ticking away. That's another no. Amen. It's a subtle no. That's a, a slow walking no. You know, watching time pass by and you don't have it yet. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. If anything's your enemy, God's going to make you confront it and make it not your enemy. So you can get to the to point where the passage of time becomes your best friend. Your new best friend. God, the passage of time means that that's just more, much, much more time I got to spend in your word. That's more time I got to meditate with you. That's more time I got to worship you. More time I got to praise you. More time I got to seek you. Time is my best friend, devil. It's not my enemy anymore. And I'm not trying to rush God to do anything for me because time is my friend. Amen. And just allow these things that have been enemies to be knocked down from the enemy position and let yourself understand that these things are already given to us. He has already given us all things. That pertain to life and godliness. That covers everything, folks. There's there's no more gaps in anything anymore. It's already given. And if we can believe that and firmly embrace that and not embrace the lies of the enemy that will tell us God doesn't love us. He's not. He's withholding from you because you did something wrong. Really, devil, that sounds more like your profile. <laughs> 
You're the only nut got kicked out of heaven. Amen. How you mess up that bad? You understand? Heaven's a perfect place. It's hard to mess up, but he did it. Amen. That's why he ain't getting back in. But see, we, we belong there. That's our home. That's the place of all of the source of everything that we need and everything that God has for us. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for allowing us in your presence today, your holy throne room, Lord. We can come anytime, but Father, when we come corporately, you have something powerful for all of us. And we're so thankful for these times where we can meet with you and receive from you all the blessings and benefits of your holy covenant. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Father, bless your people, help your people, encourage your people, strengthen your people. You're the author and completer of our faith, Lord, and you're not done with us yet. And we thank you, Lord, that as you are working on our faith, you bless us still. You keep us. You help us. You feed us. You clothe us. You give us shelter. You give us love. You give us every provision that we need. And we so honor you, Lord. And we so love you. And we so thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. And-